0: You were to have something written as your epitaph. Here lies David St. Hubbins. And why not? You feel that sums up your No, it's the first thing I could think of. Oh, it doesn't sum up
1: anything, really. Yeah. Travel back in time to the eighties. Reliving the shenanigans.
2: It was the early eighties, and sex was still a good way
3: to meet new people.
2: The disappointment. That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good
0: white boy like that.
2: And the self-confidence.
0: I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape.
1: Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who
0: knows what tomorrow will bring.
2: Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, with TampaBay.com. And today, our interview with Spinal Taps' Michael McKeon. With me, as always, he's the Lenny to my squiggy, Times Pop Music Critic Sean Daly. Hello. Hello. Do you like that? It's, it's okay. It's all right, not, Lenny. I know Michael McKeon. I <laughs> you know Michael oh, McKeon. Oh. That
1: was more of a squiggy. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is our greatest interview ever. Michael McKeon.
2: Damn straight. What do you
1: think?
0: It's stupid such a cup. fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah, it's just a turnabout. Yeah,
1: yeah. But anyway, Michael and Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer are coming to town, correct? Right. Uh, the three uh, Spinal Tap veterans
2: um, are touring the country right now in the summer as Spinal Tap Unwigged and unplugged. Awesome. Hello, Cleveland! Hello, Cleveland! They'll play St. Petersburg's Mahaffey Theater on May 8th. The
1: historic Mahaffey Theater.
2: Yeah, I've never been there.
1: Yeah, and so but they're gonna do uh the smile tap guys are gonna also do Waiting for Guffman tunes. Right, uh, but, uh, Kiss at the End of the Rainbow, yeah, right? Mighty Wind Song and when the veil of dreams has
2: lifted. And the Tales have all been told. there's a kiss at the end of the rainbow More precious than a pot of gold I've been waiting to see him um, I would love to see him in costume but I'll take this I'll take this and, and uh, you and the Vegas and girlfriend are going right Yeah Vegas girlfriend will be here we're starting a 12day vacation
1: 12 day Oh that's crucial yeah critical this it's, will tell you right. where you stand? Oh, I can't wait. We'll see. I'm going to be a
2: fly on the wall at that one. We'll see, but first, let's 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 give people a taste of what they're about to hear. Michael McKeon tells a great story about uh his bit role, which it was oh, not yeah. so bit, in uh Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Yeah.
1: Oh man, this is like bonus feature deluxe. Wait to hear the story. It's great. He also talks about behind the scenes with Christopher and with Harry, a little bit about Lenny and Squiggy. Oh, it's a really good interview. And this interview was coming off our dud with Colin Hay, correct? Yeah. So this is, we had Colin Hay and we were feeling low down, dirty. And then uh, Michael McKeon, boom, we're back. Spearsy and Daly, back, baby. I didn't even want to do it at first because I was just like, no. And can't I it came do to to me. his anymore. guy called me up, right? Yeah. Michael McKeon's guy called me up and says, hey, you want to interview Michael? It'd, it'd be tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, Spearsy, you want it? And you were so blue over the Colin Hay debacle. And you were like, nah, I'm like, come on. And then we did it. It it was gold. Yeah. Michael's great. He's just a professional, great, solid interview. Yeah. It's 20 minutes of pure joy. Yep. Just like a night with Sean Daly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, without further ado, let's get the tape rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Michael McKeon.
1: Hey, Michael. Hi. Hey, this is Sean Daly. I'm the music critic of the St. Pete Times. And, you're okay. t- and uh, with me is Steve Spears from TampaBay.com. Hey, guys. We're bringing in all the big guns for you. We bow. We bow in your phone presence. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. It's <laughs> embarrassing to all of us. Uh, so you, Christopher uh, Guest, and um, Harry Shearer, the great Harry Shearer, you guys are coming to the Mahaffey Theater in beautiful downtown St. Pete on May 8th for the, un- for the unwigged and unplugged. Yeah. Were you guys sick of the wig glue? Is that what it is? No more wigs? It, no more wigs. Uh, i I got to say
0: that the unplugged part is kind of a lie. We do You've you got to plug these days a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, but it's just not going to be in the, uh, the 11 area. It's going to be more like 8.5.
1: So you made the 11 joke already. We don't have to do it.
0: No, you know, listen, I'll try and disarm all these jokes before you get to them. And no, then but see, we weren't
1: going to do that, Michael McKeon. We were going to turn <laughs> around on you. This is a new and improved interview. Well, actually, it's funny yeah. because your, your PR guy, Jeff, was like, I mean, I think he called me like eight times, like, these guys, they're not in their costumes. And I'm like, I, mm-hmm. get, I get that, I get that. But I'm sure, you know, I've always wanted to ask you, especially with Tap, and you also are in uh, Laverne and Shirley, of course, and you got, you know, all the great, uh, the, you and Christopher's movies. But what's the worst part? of being in an iconic comedy like Spinal Tap? What's the worst part?
0: Gee, I don't know whether there's any really, really down parts. Uh, everyone is very nice about it. You know, uh, I, I don't encounter any fans that are uh, of the stalker variety, um, mainly because they know that we that Spinal Tap doesn't really exist. The Folk'smen are a figment of a uh, very old imagination. <laughs> uh, you know, and... and uh, they know that Corky didn't write all those songs in, uh, in Waiting for Guffman. Uh, I think our, our gang, our, our uh, fans are very smart. And, uh, you know, so we, we don't really have too much of a downside, i got to so say. You,
1: you don't have, like, a fleet of doughy, middle-aged white guys like me coming up to you and quoting, um, you know, from TAP? I do not,
0: for one, think that the problem was that the band was down. I think that the problem may have been that there was a Stonehenge monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed yeah, but that's okay. It doesn't bother. Ah,
1: it. you're a good guy, Michael McCann. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs>
1: I got. I got to
2: ask. You know, are there any? Um, are there any Spinal Tap songs that are just freakishly impossible to perform uh, acoustically?
0: Yeah, we had to back off of a couple of them. Um, uh, there's a song called "America," which is kind of Nigel's tribute to America, and it's got a nice kind of acoustic beginning. And then it gets really, really hard, this kind of galloping thing. And, you know, without, without all the volume, that one doesn't work. Uh, same thing with rock and roll creation. All the stuff that's kind of a sound bed, you know? Oh, uh, so you're breaking um, Steve's,
1: you're breaking Steve's yeah. heart right now by not doing that one. Yeah. Um, we do do a song
0: called the majesty of rock, which we just kind of tried a, a slightly different way. And it's still pretty powerful. It's, it's very pretentious and pompous and, uh, you know, all the things that we love about Spinal Tap. Um, and it's just done slightly more acoustically. Um, yeah, we're trying to find the middle ground. There is one uh, one or two examples of, of really going quite a different way. We do an item called uh, Funky Sex Farm, which is uh, Sex Farm. Done as uh, an acoustic trio of uh, older white gentlemen, uh, with you know, with a nice element of rap as well. So uh, that's pretty embarrassing in, in in the best possible way. So you- and uh, of course, now that we've done uh, Big Bottom with nineteen bass players on stage, which we did at Wembley <laughs> right. two years ago, um, now we're going to try the minimalist version with just one, and uh, it's surprisingly effective.
2: Now, uh, who came up with the idea? I mean, how did Spinal, how was Spinal Tap born in the old days? Whose idea?
0: It was, um, there was a, a, a TV pilot called The TV Show created by Rob Reiner and Phil Mishkin and uh, Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer who were both writers on the show. Harry was one of the producers as well. And they, it was a, a guy basically sitting with a remote and going through an entire day of programming on TV just kind of seeing a little bit of everything. It's kind of similar to what you know, what uh, SCTV was we uh, kind of evolved into. Um, you know, to be able to paradise pretty much anything we wanted to. Um, and Rob wanted to do uh, a parody of a, a show called Midnight Special, <clears throat> which was an old TV show. It was on, uh, of course, not at midnight. It was on at 1230, um, which was hosted by Wolfman Jack, the legendary. Jeez. And so he wanted to have that they wanted to do a, you know, a, a band. They wanted to have a band on some really nowhere English group, you know, making their embarrassing TV appearance, uh, debut. So, um, so that, that was kind of the, uh, the genesis. And, uh, I was, I was doing Laverne and Charlie at the time, and, and, uh, Chris and Harry recruited me and said, let's do this. And so we put together a song called Rock and Roll Nightmare, which, uh, is very funny. We're actually going to show the clip, uh, at the show uh every 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 venue we play we're going to show that that particular video and um so that's kind of how it started and then about a year later rob was looking to you know start his uh, his feature directing career and he said let's do this let's not write a screenplay let's let's you know really put a make a scenario and then improvise the film because it'll have that look of a uh, documentary to it and that's kind of how that that form came to be
1: you know i was always curious about that because with like best in show and Guffman, I mean that was the big thing that you guys were improvising, right, but I was never sure with tap, with tap how much of that was improvised
0: mm, almost a hundred percent wow there were two lines in the film that were written uh, one was <laughs> uh, patrick mcnee 's toast the tap to tap into America toast right and um I think one of the intros uh guys say live direct from hell uh, Spinal Tap. That's, I think those are the only two lines that were actually written. No, no, my, and we just, we just hired people who could do that. We hired, you know, people we knew could do that, like Howard Hessman and Paul Benedict, and people who were brand new to us, like Fran Drescher and, uh, and uh, Dana uh, Carvey, and, you know, just people who were brilliant improvisers who we were not familiar with at the time, and of course, have gone on to some success, I think you'd have to say. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so that, it, it was a, a lot of happy accidents, really.
1: Hey, well, you know, going back, what was your musical um background? I mean, did you grow up a musician? I mean, I know you had you were on... Well, I grew
0: up I grew up around music. My father worked for record companies. Uh he was an A&R man at uh, at um, RCA and Columbia. Oh, wow. And so, you know, we always had a lot of different kinds of music around. He himself was kind of a jazz aficionado and a classical music fan and uh, so but he also, you know, he loved the blues and 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 uh you know kind of the more genuine folk stuff, and uh you know he was also smart enough to recognize that you know the the, the better rock and roll stuff the stuff that wasn't just by the numbers um so i I've always had music around me i, I started playing guitar during the whole folk era of the early sixties and and um you know so that's that's kind of my quote unquote education um I have my own preferences, of course, and I was a big you know music always been a big fan of uh, of music of all kinds.
1: Did you think at one point that Lenny and the Squig tones would be the only album you ever put out?
0: Uh, no, no I, I knew I knew that there would be more
1: <laughs> that's good Man, <laughs> I was curious. was TAP a, a huge hit when it first came out?
0: no no, no it was uh, it was really kind of people didn 't quite know what to make of it um, the uh, When we would preview the film when the film was kind of before it had been released, you know they had these these kind of test previews with test audiences. And they didn't know what the hell to make of it. They were just, what? Well, who, is, who are these guys? I've never heard of them. Why Why is the camera jiggling around like that? Why is Meathead uh, directing the film? What the <laughs> hell's going on? And, um, you know, that's kind of what we had to contend with. The film came out, and it was one of the best-reviewed films of the year. Uh, but that still didn't convince the, you know, uh oh, what's a polite term, um the lumpen. The lumpen market. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, they still didn't get it, and so you know, it had spots of, of success. It ran in one theater in Boston for over a year. Um, you know, there were, which is weird because Boston is not a big college town. town yeah, and uh, <laughs> and you know, there 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 were places where it was. You know, we were kind of on fire, but you can't really make a, a national success that way. We didn't do quite as well as, say, Ghostbusters or Splash the same year. No, you know, those were the big comedies of the year, and they're both very good. And it's, you know, it's just they were a little more, you know, a little more crowd, crowd pleasing, mainstream. Then home, then the home video thing really started to explode for us, and it's, it's always been one of the, you know, one of the top one percent, uh, you know, the, the rentals uh, in any any uh, outlet. We're lucky yeah I mean people sh- people should be envying us you know I envy us
2: yeah I do me too um I understand that on occasion I think it was on the last tour uh, the folksman actually opened up for spinal tap
0: yeah yeah we like doing that we I think we're going to be doing that uh, a couple of dates in in uh, the UK because we we always felt we sort of cheated the UK because we you know we we only played a couple of, a couple of dates over there uh 15 years ago and you know they 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 they're kind of they're kind of crazy anyway. God bless them. So they you know they 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 ask us every every six months we get another request from uh, the UK, and this time it you know it's it's turned out to be kind of doable. Um, you know, without a really great sponsor, you can't make anything pay on the road. And uh, you know, since we're not really really there to, to to make a ton of money, you know, we just we we found a way to make it. Uh, almost pay, and so we're going to be doing that uh, a couple of dates in, in the U.K.
1: So this is the 25th anniversary of Spinal Tap.
0: Of the release of the movie, that's correct.
1: Gosh, that's insane. Now, are you guys doing, I heard that maybe at the end of the year there might be a, uh, another album?
0: Yes. Well, no, in May, actually. And, oh, is it uh, May? It's, it's the original songs from the film, and we've redone them so they sound a lot better. Um, we always thought that the album you know, that uh, that was released when the film came out, was, it was all those tracks were really recorded for us to use in the film. So they all had that kind of live feel to them.
1: Yeah.
0: And so and that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been the original version of those songs. It would have sounded better. So we're, you know, that's what we did. We basically did that so that we would, so that the songs would sound better and so that we would own the performances now in case we wanted to use them for some, you know, some other dire purpose.
2: Right. It's not going to be called Smell the Glove.
0: No, it will be called Back from the Dead, (laughs) and it does include that song, Back from the Dead, and uh, the original rock and roll nightmare, and uh, uh, a lot of surprises. Warmer Than Hell is, in in fact, on the the album. That's the new uh, song we wrote for Wembley um, for the Live Earth concert.
2: now you've you've lampooned um, or you've parodied you know folk music and now heavy metal. You know Eugene Levy and John Candy had their polka thing. Uh, mm-hmm. The Schmangies, Yeah, Schmangies. You know Belushi yeah, and yeah, Aykroyd had uh, had the blues. I mean, is there any genre of music that's above or just too difficult to parody?
0: I think it can all be done. You know, there's a, a very funny movie called Fear of a Black Hat.
1: Oh yeah, right. which
0: I think that kind of like that kind of took care of of rap. Is it like Chris Rock? Uh, no, 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 Chris what? Rock was in CB Four. Oh,
1: that's right.
0: Which was a kind kind of similar and also very funny. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what do you do? Western swing.
3: Um,
0: you know, big band. Um, emo. How do you parody emo? Oh, that's the real problem. Is, is music that takes itself very seriously is always, is already funny enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, I make fun that's of. Like, yeah. How
0: do you do? How do you do a parody of a, of a, a Nora Roberts lifetime movie? <laughs> that how could you make something that's... Anywhere near as funny as the real thing.
1: Hey, Michael, what do you think of Flight of the Concords?
0: I love Flight of the Concords. Very funny. We saw them at, in um, Aspen, I guess their first visit to the States. <clears throat> and it was like, what the hell? This is great stuff. And I think the show is very funny.
1: Hey, you know, Michael, since you got your start, um, your big start with uh, Laverne and Shirley, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, did that start? Was that in the 70s? 70s yeah. through the 80s. And it was kind of different now, it seems like, with, with sitcom stars. Now it seems like, boom, they're automatically, you know, look at uh, Kevin James with the, the Paul Blart mall, mall cop movie. Right. It just seems a lot easier for sitcom stars today to become successful movie stars as well, where in the 70s and 80s, uh, guys like you and even the, with Henry Winkler and then Michael J. Fox, the, 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 the movie success wasn't immediate, immediate you know? Yeah. It seemed like it was harder. Why is that? Um, I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I, 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 I tend to think that people are going to buy movie tickets or they're not. And uh, it, 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 there's, it, it, a lot of it's just kind of the, the accident of, of the, the the product, you know. How good is your movie? That's all. And uh, I, I think that, you know, if you launch directly from a sitcom into uh, a feature, it's, it's not automatic, no matter how popular your show is. And that continues to this day. I don't think that Kevin James is you know, film career would have taken off if he weren't good. And, you know, he's funny. He's funny in the, in the, in the you know, the, the mall cop movie. Um, if he if he hadn't been, if the movie had been, you know, if the movie had not been a hit, would this reverse this conversation? No, it's just, it depends on, on the product. Um, you know, I, I don't know whether it's easier now or just, there may have been a kind of a prejudice uh, in the 70s. But then... You know, how do you explain those who who did make the transition?
1: Yeah, it always exactly. seemed like there was like a TV curse, though. You know, there was always a TV curse, like, mm. people, like maybe the, go maybe TV a, TV an movies. element of snobbery. Yeah. But you also
0: you got to understand another thing: before Jaws, you didn't open a movie in fourteen hundred theaters. Mm. You know, it, it, it just it just didn't happen. Uh, there was it was just just the beginning of the kind of the, the multiplex thing. Um, there's just a you know a much bigger. Hype on movies these days—it's just a different business.
2: Can we hope for a future movie project soon with uh, you, uh, Chris and Harry?
0: Uh, you'll have to wait until Chris is uh, ready. He actually started talking about an idea the other day, which sounded like a good one. Um, but uh, you know, there's no way I'm going <laughs> to tell you guys as much as I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you won't hear it from me. Uh, but that's—you know—he he, might—he's—you um, he, know—he's doing uh, working on other things and. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see.
1: All right, Michael, I'm, I'm totally going to nerd out on you uh, for a bit, but this is just for me, basically, but Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is my favorite movie of all time. And oh, you have, wow. And you have a great uh, great cameo in Planes, Trains. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, I, I know you were just in the, the the highway scene, but a little bit about yeah. that movie and about John Candy?
0: Oh, John Candy was a fabulous guy. I met him uh, around 70, I'd say 78, a guess uh when S C T V was first starting. Right. Um and I had uh my friend a friend of mine had worked with him uh a few years before in something and it's just one of those memorable names and and uh I had not seen the thing that they had done together so I really didn't know his work. But I met him at the at uh, the old fire hall which was the then the the uh, site of the um of um, Toronto's, uh... Toronto's second city. And so uh I, I met him, and I met Catherine and uh, one or two others, and you know, I just, I just thought John was great and just you know, lovely guy and everything. And um, I, you know, just encounter him from time to time. I never worked with him before, but he's really amazing in that film. Both of them are. I mean, yeah. you know, Steve is, is great, and you know, he, when, when he's you know, when he's on the money, there's nobody better. But they had this wonderful kind of awful relationship in that yeah. film. I think it's john Hughes' best movie I myself do do and uh and you know it was, it was just lovely to work with those guys and hang out with them just even for a couple of days. What actually happened was we shot one day it was we were going to it was be like a two day shoot we shot one day and then overnight it com- it snowed it snowed like crazy it was up in Buffalo, New York, and it snowed and totally changed everything, so we had to throw out everything and reshoot. and uh then I came back. One other time, I think, to do a little more reshooting, there was a little more to the story too. I take them in and uh, to the to, to jail and everything. It, it, but it, what happened was, as they cut the movie, uh, I was one, and one of the reasons I was there was to inform them, that they informed them that that they had, that they had overshot Chicago, hmm. that they were on their way somewhere else now, and they were just completely lost. So that was cut. So the rest of this my scenes uh, were were cut. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know what to tell you.
1: No, that's uh, great. No, trust
0: just... me. The first time I heard the Beatles on CD was on that shoot. They had never really? been released on CD before. Oh, yeah. Wow. And uh, John Hughes got a, got a copy from a friend in London. So I sat in my trailer and listened to, listened to the, the Beatles. Oh, my God.
2: You, oh. you,
1: just, you just made <laughs> my week. We Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. We can't wait to see you uh, here, Maeve. I, I bought my tickets at 10.01 the day that they went on sale. So uh, either,
0: bless you. Yeah, and uh, okay, we'll we'll remember you then. <laughs> we <laughs> do. Hey, thank you okay. so
1: much, Michael. Thank you, guys. All right, bye. Stonehenge,
0: where the demons dwell, where the banshees live and they do live well. Stonehenge,
1: where the men and the children dance. So now that you've heard it again, Steve Spears, is it our greatest interview ever? Uh. It's up there. Let's re-rank them. Brian Johnson, Martha Quinn, you love putting number two. Yeah. O.N.J. McKeon?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kevin Cronin was awesome. Kevin Cronin John was awesome. John Wade was uh, John Wayne was surprising. I Tom Wopat? Yeah,
2: Britney yeah. Recognizes. You got that one right. right. Colin Hay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I loved about McKeon? The fact that he beat us to the punch. On quoting Spinal Tap.
1: Well, I think he's got to do that. I think it's just reflex for him now, Probably. right? Here yeah. it comes. Here it comes.
2: I, I was just like, you know, because we sat there and talked about it ahead of time. And do we do we give him any Spinal Tap quotes?
1: And and he didn't even give us a chance. Boom. No, he was very gracious, too. I mean, I let off with that question about what's a negative. Not, not asking him to dump on fans, but just to kind of illuminate what it's like to be part of a cult classic. Like, you must get lines all the time. But he was really nice about it. You ready for some seggies? Let's do some siggies. I got some great letters here. Play the music.
2: Ah, by the sound of the tone, it must be time for Reader
1: Mailbag. Ah. God, it's been so long. So long. We actually recorded, so it was Colin Hay, Michael McKee, and then John Oates, right? Yeah, yeah. John Oates was a great Oh, she was good. Yeah. I'm sorry. We should have mentioned Oatsy too. We've done a slew of them. How many interviews have we done, now? Like
2: so many more, uh, a lot. We've got so many more coming up too, because we've got uh, William Cat from Ah oh,
1: Greatest American Hero. Man, <laughs> I read that on your blog today. I am so pumped about that. Yeah, he's it was my up. favorite show. Look at what's happening to me, Spizzy. I can't believe it myself.
2: See how I go up like that, Sam? He doesn't sing it that way, though. Suddenly, <laughs> uh...
1: I'm up on top of the world. She said Berlin. Should have been somebody else. Burr, burr, burr. Okay, go ahead. For God's Terry sakes. Nunn, I want to sit in on that. Yeah, I bet you do, big boy. I do. I love her. Who else you got in that regeneration? Uh, we should have Heaven 17. We should have <gasps> Heaven 17. Woo! Uh,
3: Heaven 17. Not yet 18. I guess
0: we're playing for keeps now. I guess the getting around is pretty much over, huh? I
2: don't know anything they sing. I have no idea.
1: No idea what having seventeen more toffee for Mister Daly. More toffee.
2: The uh and uh Wang Chung. Oh, to live and die in a lake. Good
1: song. Yeah, Yeah, maybe I'll
2: sit in on those. That could could be be good. In the meantime, though, a little formality we would like to call reader mail. Yes,
1: three fantastic letters. Each one better than the next. Are you ready, my friend? Proceed. Letter number one from Wendy P in Salt Lake City. Stephen Sean, I love the podcast. I am on episode 90. Episode 90, what's that?
2: Ooh, she's in some dark territory. <laughs>
1: those are not some of the better
2: ones. Really? Yeah, Wopat's in there somewhere. Um, Ooh, lurking. Wopat's lurking uh, behind a bush. Seeing with fire might be in there somewhere. Oh, that's a good show. No, it's
1: not. You just got accused of... Uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> having a, having a some laissez-faire attitude towards uh, rape, I guess.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh, I'm on episode 90. I've been listening for a few months now. I listen to two. I listen to. Th- Just get through this, buddy. You're killing me. Please. I listen to three or four a day so I can catch up. Sean is a goof. Sean is a goof. But I swear that he is my evil twin. Sometimes I will blurt something out after Steve says something, and then Sean will say the exact same thing. Weird. You guys have a great chemistry. Just lose the girl with the terrible attitude, and you are great. she? Just lose the girl with the terrible attitude. Who's that? Stephanie?
2: I think she must be talking about Kathy Wass. Really? You know why, though? I think that was right after. It, might, it must have been right after the cinema was fired with the yeah. whole, uh, you know. Yes.
1: Yeah, so we don't have to. He didn't do it. You don't have to remind us of that horrible incident. Kathy's great. All right. Uh, Wendy P. continues. By the way, I share a birthday with Weird Al Yankovic. And he actually said my name on one of his uh, Al TV episodes. I was the winner of some Duran Duran contest, and he crumpled up my poster and put it in an envelope, and I never got it. I wrote to him several years later on his MySpace page and only got a reply like, Please do not contact this person again. Weird Al, a bit of a dick. <laughs> yes, that is as close to a cool story that I have. Anywho, a podcast on him would be fantastic. See, that's back when you still said fantastic. Yeah, I haven't said that one in a while. I never got tired of that. As you would say, Steve, keep up the good work and be happy. Always stuck in the 80s, Wendy P., Salt Lake City. That's a great letter. It is a great letter. Okay, letter number two. And this is from Stephen Lisa. Not sure where they're from. Do you know where Steve and Lisa are from? No,
2: probably not Salt Lake City based on the content of the letter.
1: Yes, letter number two. Dear Sean and Steve, I promised to send you pictures of my wife if you sent a Care Bears shirt. I know it took a long time. We've been busy, but here you go. The safe for work one, feel free to throw up on the site. The not safe for work one, keep to you guys, please. Thanks again, Steve and Lisa, always stuck in the 80s. I showed you these, right? No. No. Oh, I got him right here. You want to come see come on? Ready? Seriously? Here's let me, the... let me let me see the safe for work one. Okay, here it is. Ah, oh, she's cute. Uh, very form fitting that t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, it's a child shirt. Sure. Yeah, like
2: you want to see? You ready for the other one? Yeah.
1: How dirty is it?
2: Uh,
1: really? Let you me ready? see. The, not safe for work. Whoa! Half moons. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Stephen
2: Lisa. Oh, God, <laughs> that's it's got to be a happy house. Yeah, oh yeah. I love the Care Bears. We cheered now. up this podcast. <laughs>
1: Ooh, Ooh yeah, they'd be fun to party with.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: You should invite them to your, your excursion in the <laughs> great city of Chicago.
2: Oh, yeah, totally forgot about that. Hey, the um, Regeneration Tour is on again for the summer, uh, headlining ABC, also Heaven 17, Wang Chung, Cutting Crew, Berlin. They are playing Chicago, I believe, in late June. I want to say it's the 26th, and I will be there. That is the official... Stuck in the 80s, Regeneration Tour stop for this year, Chicago. Wow.
1: And last year in, in, in Vegas, a pivotal moment in your life. Yeah. It was crazy. A lot of crazy hijinks. You met Vegas Girlfriend there. Changed right. your life forever. And now you guys are going to Chicago, and you're expecting three sizes, the crowd of the- uh,
2: I don't know, because a lot of people live in the Chicago area, so there should be more. I know Base Note will be Base there. Base Note
1: has confirmed. Yeah. Has tickets to the
2: show. The um, Cylon from Detroit will be there.
1: Cylon has confirmed.
2: And I'll be there for three glorious nights.
1: But we've heard from a lot of other buzz. I will not be there. I will not be there. Sorry about that. I have responsibilities. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, but I did. love each and every one of the people that are going, and I wish you a great time. But yeah. people can go to your blog and get more details on right? This, yeah. Right? And
2: if you're interested, just email me at com, and I'll fill you in on the details. So
1: people who go to Chicago for the thing, will they
2: also get to hang out with you? Yeah, we'll have some hangout out opportunities. It's, it's not like Vegas. I mean, Vegas, we were all in the same hotel, yep. and we were all there for three or four nights, and we had a great time. Chicago's going to be, I mean, because so many people live there but aren't going to be staying there, it's going to be a little bit more spread out. yeah. We'll see. We'll get some deep dish. You hear all about? That's all you care oh, about is deep God, dish pizza. You don't know how
1: much I yearn. Have you ever been to a pizzeria Uno before? No, we don't have those here. What? Uh, all right. Well, go the to the States. blog for more info on yeah. the Chicago trip. Get another okay. letter. Yes, letter number three. This is from Bert. I'm not sure where Bert's from either. Do you know? Mm-mm. Hi, Sean and Steve. I like this trend of people putting my name first because I'm shallow. This is a hilarious story. This is Bert. I stumbled onto your show a couple years back and continue to be a loyal listener to date. Your humorous banter sounds familiar and makes my commute more bearable. That's always nice. We love to hear that. That's why I love the commute thing. And as I am an alien living in Japan, it is a tasty treat having your bit of North Americana on my iPod. Yes, I'm Canadian. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Deal breaker. I didn't know about this. I'm just kidding, Bert. Yep, I'm Canadian. Continue to listen to your show despite your occasional Canadian insecurities. That's very funny. I don't agree with everything you two say. Regarding Daryl Hannah, she was a mermaid for God's sake. Oh, did we say we wanted to have sex with Daryl Hannah No, we said No,
2: we said we didn't like her all that much. I didn't. No.
1: Too tall. I don't mind them tall, but I like almost like,
2: I don't know, out of whack. I like right? her in Reckless. Have you ever seen Reckless? No. With Aiden Quinn. Really? Oh, uh, excellent. Really?
1: Uh, and Pink Floyd. Ooh, he's mad because we dissed Pink Floyd. Yeah, you, you were very. We never have lived that down. No. But your past history experiences cut close and put a smile on my face, much to the curiosity and the arousal of the Asian beauties around me on the trains. Man. Asian beauties on the train. He's got the life of Riley. Yeah, life of Riley. In regards to a show on strip cartoons, I was a doorman at one in the late 80s and have one particular juicy memory out of many that also keeps a smile on my face. It involved the slow beginnings of Pour Some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard. And as the music comes to a crescendo, a small but well-developed dancer snuggled up to a pole, and as the singer grinded out the title lyrics and the DJ cranked up the volume, the dancer tipped her head back and dumped a packet of sugar into her panties. And the crowd goes wild., oh, You're sincerely Bert. Wow, man, I, I, love, love, the- I love the word "panties. I really enjoy it. panties, panties, panties. God, that's great. Let me see if I can. Let, let me look at that again. A small but well-developed dancer snuggled up to a pole. And as the singer grinded out the title lyrics and the DJ cranked up the volume, she tipped her head back and dumped a packet of sugar into her panties. Wow! God, yeah, the crowd goes there's, wild. There's, but of course they do. It's athleticism and at it's fine. Yeah.
2: Between that and the Care Bear shirt photo, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, we got to see Lisa's Half Moons. Man, this is a, quite a hot show. There you go. Read her mailbag. As
2: always, send them along to tempe.com. No sugar packages required.
3: What's happening, hot stuff?
2: Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. Hey, it's a segment where I play a snippet of a movie from the 80s, and if you can get it right... I have copies of Brent Easton Ellis' book, The Informers. Yes. To give away. Brent Easton Ellis. A slew of movie posters to give away. Tons. Tons. We will sign them, even though we have nothing to do with the movie. (laughs) Yeah. We haven't seen the movie yet, but we'll sign them anyway. Um, What else do we have? I'll I'll throw in some stuff from my desk. Yeah. Like uh, what? Uh, empty lean cuisine boxes. Yeah, you had those today for lunch. Yeah,
1: I got to eat like four lean cuisines at once or I want good. Gnaw, gnawing my arm off. It it's, defeats the purpose.
2: Yeah, but they smelled good. I liked yeah. them. Delicious. Pay attention. Here was last week's clip.
1: What are you going to get fingerprints? I'm telling you, I'm not going to do the dusting. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. The great Daniel Stern in Diner, one of my favorite movies, which you hate, and I hate you for that.
2: Because why? Do you remember why oh, I don't like it's it? A stupid.
1: GD reason, because you don't like 80s movies that take place in a different decade. Yeah. So you do listen. <laughs> and yet you like non-80s movies that take place in the 80s.
2: And I do like Victory, which takes place during World <laughs> War II.
1: So I, I mean, there, Every once
2: in a while, I'll bend the rules. You get the
1: whole military thing. You yeah, there's a
2: military that. angle. I'll a diner go,
1: I'll... is such a great movie. I don't understand. You and I are great friends, and we have a lot of uh, likes and uh, the same interests, and yet you don't like Diner. I'll give it another shot. I don't Do you have it? Disconnect. Do you have it on DVD? Oh yeah, I got it.
2: If you'll ever come over to the Spears Lair again, I know the last time I did it kind of awkwardly, and I've apologized for that.
1: One but of the great lines. It. One of the great lines in um, in Diner is uh, is Kevin Bacon says, "Do you ever get the feeling there's something going on that we don't know about?" Yeah, and yeah. I feel like that every day. Every day, here, yeah. my friend. Every it's awesome. Day. Yeah, we'll have. Well, you know what? I haven't been to the Spears Lair in what six months. Yeah. Since the Purple Rain podcast right, yeah. that people were really pissed off about for some reason. But, um, yeah, I got to come back. We'll have a little fun. We'll invite some people over. Woo! it be fun. Have a diner party.
2: So obscure was this line. Oh,
1: come on. What?
2: One, this
1: is ludicrous.
2: One person got it. One. Basil Partlet of oh. Crofton, Maryland.
1: With this show. I hate
2: it. Crofton, Maryland. Come on. Where the, where the hell is Crofton, Maryland?
1: All right, I'm back. Crofton? It's right next to um, Silver Spring. I don't know Crofton. There might be a good record store there.
2: Basil uh, gave us a couple other uh, Baltimore movies we could have picked.
1: Burtonsville and Crofton are very close together.
2: That is nothing for me.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. You never I think been it's to- Basil. Do you say Basil? I'm gonna say I'm
2: gonna continue with Basil. No, it's Basil. Basil. Ugh. Blair Witch Project would have been one. Ooh, good one. Not eighties, yep. though. Cry Baby, which was eighties. Yep. He said, she said, actually barely misses out. I think that was ninety one.
1: Was it? Uh, I hate that movie and you like that one. It's okay.
2: Avalon, which is eighties. Right. Uh, Hairspray, eighties. And Sleepless in Seattle, which was actually on last night.
1: Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, because Meg Ryan's character is in Baltimore? Yeah. How about Tin Men? Another um, Barry Levinson. Well, of John Waters movies based in? Well, Tin Man was Barry Levinson, but yeah, John Waters too. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
2: Yep. 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 Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery movie moment.
1: One
0: unused prophylactic. One soiled.
1: Sean Daly. Who ah, guesses? I see. You're taking us to Chicago this
2: week. <laughs> Interesting. Man, we'll see about that. If you know it, email us at stucknews at because only Sean Daly is ready to call you Basil. Ah, the Mystical Frame that is named that 80s tune. Hey, si- signature event here at the podcast. Time to name the song of which I shall play only a tiny snippet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I reversed my spiel there, didn't I?
1: Yes, you did. That's how fast. So I didn't you even are. have to write it down. You're That's a like, regular Rick Dees. I am.
2: I am. Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. Yes, that's Prince. Computer Blue. Love it.
3: Wendy? Yes, Lisa. Is the water warm enough? Yes, Lisa. Shall we begin? Yes, Lisa.
1: No one got that, though. Yeah. Basil? Did Basil win that?
2: Everybody, i got got a lot of uh, people who uh, responded, but they all had the wrong song. A lot of people guessed other songs from Purple Rain, but uh, no, it's Computer Blue. Uh, Abe Froman in Arizona.
1: Great Abe Froman. Aaron
2: in Indiana. Yes. Chris Hensley. J-Dub. Mike Metcalf, Call Sign Viper. Uh, And Andy Winkle from Minneapolis and Ed Martinez all got it right. What
1: about Tuck Cullop?
2: Did he get it right? No.
1: You have his name on here. It says Todd Cullop. You told me before the
2: show that we say Todd Cullop's name too much.
1: (laughs) I did. (gasps) You're trying to put a wall between me and Todd Cullop. I am. I resent that.
2: They're they're my friends from Minneapolis.
1: All right, play another 80s tune. There we go. Next week's.
2: Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune.
1: Ah, I see you're taking us back to Chicago again. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Son of a bitch greatest chicago movie ever about last night no dude continental divide Uh, ernie Suchak. i I like continental divide
2: i love it no and the air was thin i like um i like about last night that's my quality chicago movie
1: really no you don't like that movie untouchables is probably really was untouchables Uh, 80s yeah was it yeah continental divide is so great
2: yeah but it doesn't it's not chicago what the, What are you
1: talking about, dude? The bookends are of
2: Chicago. I know, but their whole middle is up in the middle of the mountains. Of, you know, oh, you're BFE a bastard. Come on, about last night is godlike. It's not that good. What? It's not that good. What's that, What's bad about it? What? What sucks? Was it the whole topless scene with Demi Moore? Did that bother you? <laughs> was it? Was it? Was it? Was it the? Was it the profanity by Jim Belushi? Did you find that somehow offensive? Was it was it the picturesque views of Wrigley Field that somehow just didn't strike a chord in you? Ferris what? Bueller. How about Ferris Bueller? Or is it a Chicago
1: movie. Ugh. Ugh, the Ferris Bueller. Oh man, snow snow about gonna have last your balls night. For that. Yeah, they can have my balls. You think about last night is better than Ferris Bueller? As far Apple's as a Chicago
2: movie, yes. Con- Continental Divide, dude. No, you're an idiot. As usual. <laughs> As always, email us the answer at com, because only Sean Daly better name the best Chicago movie ever as Steve Spears is a knocker. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, Spearsy here. Uh, I bet you're expecting a fan greeting right about now. But as fate would have it, we don't get so many of those anymore. But last week, we had one of the most epic fan greetings ever from Michelle in Staten Island. So great was it that we sought her out to talk to her personally on the phone to find out what her gripe was about Stuck in 80s. Here's how it goes. Hello. Hello, is this Michelle? Yes,
3: this is. Hey,
2: Michelle, this is Steve and Sean from Stuck in the 80s. Hi. How Hi. Are
1: you guys doing? Hi, Michelle, this is
3: Sean. Hi, Sean.
1: I just want to say that America has fallen in love with you <laughs> since last week. Since
3: you, <laughs> That's friggin' hilarious.
1: <laughs> since you berated us on iTunes in front of millions. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you, hey, listen, you speak the truth on Staten Island. I know about you, people. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, what's going on? So uh so is your
3: husband home? No, he's actually at work.
1: Nice. Exactly. Um so anyway, so he is a fan of the show. Yes. And he started listening to the show first. Is that obviously that's what was going on. And then yeah. he's like, "Hey honey, listen to these guys." And you're like, "What?"
3: Yeah, I've heard probably about maybe two or three shows. Two or three shows? We got yeah, I did. Maybe maybe more like four or five. (laughs) And um, he he like you know he was like oh listen yeah basically listen to these guys. We were on a road trip to uh, Long Island.
2: Yeah, road trip. (laughs) There you go,
3: road trip. (laughs) And we're listening, and I was listening, (laughs) and actually I think the first one I ever heard was the uh, Holiday Movies Show.
1: Uh, You know what? Yeah, the top.
3: And I said, "Oh, you know what? Scrooge should be number one." And you guys picked Scrooge as number one. You you guys, it was funny.
1: (laughs) You know the sad (laughs) thing. He was like,
3: "I don't think it would make the list." And I said, "No, it'll be number one."
1: (laughs) The sad thing is that you've heard more episodes than I have. I think I don't actually listen to the show either. (laughs) I think Steve's weird. Um, Well, first of all, let's set the scene. I got to tell you, your your voice is much cuter. Well I'm talking to you now then on the uh, on the fan greeting. You sound a little gruff and angry.
3: I mean, oh, I, I didn't mean to sound gruff and angry. I just I was a little confused. But now you're that a little that was okay. all. Now yes.
2: What, now what about let's talk about the confusion there for a minute.
3: <laughs> you you said that you liked no, you didn't like air supply, but then I don't I don't know who's who Steve <laughs> likes air supply. <laughs> but um one of you guys said that the other guy took your air supply CD. Yeah. So, if you didn't like air supply, why would you have the air supply CD? I
1: have a good answer for you, Michelle, because (laughs) I am the music critic at the St. Pete Times down here, and I get all my CDs for free. People send me their CDs, so I had an air supply CD... Oh well, now, now
3: my confusion has resolved itself, I guess. However,
1: you do make a good point about Rod Stewart because I bought a Rod Stewart box set with my own money. Okay, and, and yet then I then I, I mocked Rod a bit on that show, I, I guess. And now, because, but let's be honest, Rod has not aged that well. Do you think he has? Are you a fan? No,
3: oh, um, no. I mean, he's. I, I guess I, I I like a couple songs, maybe. Yeah. But I'm not, I wouldn't say a huge Rod Stewart fan, right. no. Now speaking
1: of, uh, of fans, like, uh, who do you laugh at more on the show, me or Steve?
3: Um, who's the one with, like, uh, the crazy, sarcastic voice? Th- I guess that would uh, be me. That would be Sean. Is that me right now? <laughs> 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 whackle yeah, whackle. I guess that's you. <laughs> nice. I I'm you the, I'm a love the, connection.
2: I'm the sensitive one.
1: <laughs> oh, Lord. Michelle doesn't fall for that crap. <laughs>
2: Everyone who's written me this week uh, to talk about last week's show has ended their letter by saying, instead of saying stuck in the 80s, now they're all saying whatever. (laughs) Because you said to us, so so just once, just just once I want you to say that that you're stuck in the 80s.
3: This is Michelle from Staten Island. You're listening to Stuck in the 80s, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Was That's that good? Perfect. Yeah, it's
1: really, really good. Hey, Michelle, thanks so much for talking to us.
3: Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. Bye.
1: I love her. I fell in love on the phone. You did. I kind of bogarted all your time, too. I wouldn't let you yes. talk because I was jealous. That's okay.
2: You had more to, to apologize and for. And then she
1: Facebooked you before me. Which made you madder. Yeah. And then she actually had to apologize. Like, sorry, Sean. I found Steve first because I was so irate.
2: Hey, before we get much further, I actually want to talk more about Michael McKeon because uh, although everyone loves him in Spinal Tap, he did a hell of a lot more movies in the 80s than a lot of people remember. And so we have the full list here of every movie he did in the 80s. And Sean and I are going to give us uh, our own little quickie informal top five. All right,
1: Right. so these are like, he can just have cameos in them as well, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm.
2: We're just going to go ahead and say Smile Taps number one.
1: Yeah, but as a Michael McKeon vehicle? Because he was also in Planes Trains, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Right. So what do I do? So so Spinal Tap is like the ultimate number one? Yeah. Am I making this more difficult than it yes. should be? Yes. Okay, I'm going to say uh, Spinal Tap, Planes, Trains, Young Doctors in Love, Used Cars, and Clue. The Forever Fiance uh, loves Clue. What do I, you got for me?
2: I'm going to go with uh, Young Doctors in Love. Yeah. I'm going to throw Daryl in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can throw it in there.
2: Uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, you
1: bastard!
2: Or he plays Woody. Yeah, you totally um, tried me on that. I'm gonna go with uh, what else?
1: Oh, Light of Day is he's good in Light of yeah, Day. Yeah,
2: Light of Day, but such a bad movie. Such a bad movie.
1: Um, oh, the big picture is really funny. The
2: big picture was my. Uh, that's my swan song. That's my. That was my closing thesis. That's kind of like the story of Steve Spears. The big picture.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what that <laughs> means.
2: I don't either. I, was, I, was, I thought that would actually be funny, and yet it wasn't. <laughs> No, the big picture is definitely worth renting if you get a chance. Outside the 80s, obviously. I mean, I think um, Best of Show.
1: Best of Show. Yeah. Oh, he's great with uh, is it Michael John Higgins. Is that the actor's name? Uh, yeah. Good enough.
2: So anyway, catch them on the road. They're touring all summer. Go to unwigged.com.
1: And at- if you're at the May 8th um, St. Petersburg show, Steve Spears will be in the audience and say hi to Steve, too. Yeah,
2: say hi to Vegas Girlfriend. She loves it when people say hi to her. Really? You yeah. guys get
1: recognized a lot when you're out in no, the town? Nobody. nobody.
2: I'm a reckless, you know that. Hidden topple up my lair at, above Lake Itopia.
1: I want to get back to the lair.
2: You should get back to the lair. Invite some friends over, if you know what I mean. Baka,
1: baka, wham, baka, baka, nice. wham, wham.
2: More fresh stains to clean up.
1: <laughs> in the
2: meantime, we remain here. Sean Daly, Michael McKeon, and myself hopelessly stuck in the air.
1: Duck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for providing music for the credits. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and
2: remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.
1: I hyped it on my ABC thing, which is terrible, by the way. That's that's what I heard. Really? Who said that? You said that. I'm I'm going going to kill you. You said it. I'm going to stab you in the throat. You said it. Slowly feel every (sighs) tendon pop in my plastic spork.